0: You're listening to episode 97 of the Bright Planning Marketing Strategy Podcast, weekly insights and marketing tips to help your small to medium-sized business market better and be better because this is a podcast for ethical brands who want to make a difference and market well. I am your host, Katherine Campbell, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and producer, Natalie Piles. Natalie, how are you? Good.
1: Hey, hey. That sounded weird. (laughs)
0: No, it didn't sound weird at all. That's just, that's just me. Yeah, exactly. Actually, you know, last night I was having to answer some questions for an interview that's coming out about being a woman entrepreneur. And one of the questions was just talking about, you know, what were some lessons that you would give to young women who were thinking about going into entrepreneurship? And one of the lessons I realized last night as I was writing down the answers was that you know, when I went into the advertising business, I thought that I had to like act like a man because this is a pretty traditionally male dominated industry. I thought I had to act like Don Draper or something. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that once I started just being myself and being quirky and kind of, you know, just me being weird, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, it, it actually really got my business into a state of flow and positively affected the bottom line in the long run because the business was authentic at that point. And um. Yeah. So Natalie, you, you should just come in with all the hey hey's you want. <laughs> and I should come in with all the hey hey's right after that. And everybody else should just come in with their own greetings and do their own thing. I love it. Where's that interview going to be posted? It's for a local Women's Entrepreneurship Week here in Asheville. Um, and it's going to be a spotlight, I think, by um, Hatch, which is a, an entrepreneur foundation here that's doing amazing work. That's awesome. I'm going to go check it out. Thanks. Yeah, I'm excited. I love what they're doing. They're really phenomenal and really supportive of the local entrepreneurship scene here. We just have these incredible minds and this just really uncannily gifted group of people here in the city who are inventing new things every day. They're solving problems every day and just kind of setting a standard, I think, for a lot of national companies. And we're just this town that everybody thinks is like, you know, cool and beautiful and weird, but we have a thriving entrepreneur and innovation scene that's kind of going on under the radar here yeah and I
1: only know that because of podcasting a ton of podcasts come out of Asheville like it's like a major hub for entrepreneurship and new ideas you've got a cool little thing going on over there
0: yeah we do we should actually look into creating a podcast area network so oh yeah Yeah, we'll look into that and keep our listeners posted. But in the meantime, we're on episode 97, which is awesome because we're coming up on episode 100, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, which we should start teasing already. It's going to be amazing. (laughs) We're going to have a surprise guest. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Maybe, Maybe. I don't know. For everybody else who's been listening to the podcast up until this episode, I think they already know who's coming on our 100th episode, but (laughs) if they haven't, it'll be a surprise. Yeah. And then really exciting things to come in the 100s. Very, very cool. Yes. Yes. So, oh my gosh, I'm so excited about our season three. So what's going to happen, everyone, is uh, after season 100, we're going to take a break for about six weeks while we gear up and finesse season three and get ready to release that. Season three is taking on a whole different structure, but in a fantastic way. And I can't wait to tell you all more about it. So if you haven't subscribed yet to the podcast, it gets released every Monday. It's perfect for your lunch break to listen to it. Often you want to have a pencil and paper because you can take notes. And we just try to bring a lot of value to the podcast. So if you haven't subscribed yet, you can subscribe on iTunes and TuneIn and SoundCloud. And if you just go to Bright. Planning.com. Um That's B-R-I-G-H-T, brightplanning.com forward slash podcast. You can one-click subscribe in iTunes right there. Yes.
1: And you should subscribe so that when we come back in six weeks, you don't miss a beat.
0: Oh yeah. Cause it's going to be good. Sorry. I can't help it. I'm like grinning over here. It's going to be fun. So in the meantime, today's episode 97 and we are talking about public relations, which is everybody's favorite subject, I think, after social media. <laughs> those are the those are the two top things people hate. And colonoscopies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> those three all lumped in together. No fun. <laughs> but we love it. I geek out on it. I, lo- I personally love public relations. Public relations has kind of gotten a bad rap in recent years because the way PR is done today has shifted. Yeah. So a lot of agencies haven't caught up with what needs to be done with public relations and how to do it. And a lot of people think that public relations is just spending thousands upon thousands of dollars for someone else to write a press release for you and send it out on your behalf. And maybe you get some coverage, maybe not. And a lot of businesses have gotten burned in the past by PR agencies because either one, they expect the PR agency to Work a miracle overnight and get the media coverage immediately. And they don't realize that it's actually a long game that you have to back up your timeline on. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And then on the flip side of that, you have PR agencies who still charge by, you know, the amount of impressions or eyeballs that they get on the press release. And that's what they try to justify as, you know, their excuse for charging you a ton of money. And it's really not about that. It's really about. Making a more meaningful impact, you know. I mean, nowadays it's so easy to write a press release yourself that's really good and short and snappy. And we actually have some great tips on how to write an engaging press release, and um, and you can post it up yourself on the wires and get those impressions for a fraction of the cost. But you know, with PR agencies, you're really kind of paying for the media lists and for the connections and the relationships that they already have with national media and regional media and local media. When you're working with an agency, which I believe is a great investment, if you're if you're working with the right one, and don't be afraid to ask them, you know for a portfolio or for examples of what kind of coverage they've been able to accomplish in the past. But you want to be able to approach and if you're going to work with an agency or if you're going to work in-house on your own public relations, you need to be working in the right timelines and have enough time to get everything done and understand that good PR takes time. So that's what we're here to talk about today. All right, let's do it. All right. Public relations kind of goes hand in hand with marketing, but public relations is, you know, if you're getting ready to market a new product or a new service, or in our case, sometimes we also handle a lot of book launches for our business authors, like for our clients who also happen to be authors and they're, they're writing business books, which is really fun. I love book launches. One of my favorite things to work on. But you know, if you have a product that you want to release, let's say you are getting ready to I, I like kind of going in the in the retail section, like just kind of going with like a new beauty skincare product because it's like a just an easy example. But if you have a new skincare product that you're getting ready to release, marketing can be executed faster because It's something where like you can create a lot of marketing collateral, like shoot a video really quickly. You can make a whole bunch of social media posts within a day and schedule them all out. You can create posters and, you know, display stands and all of that stuff and get those ordered and expedited and shipped out to any of your wholesale or um, accounts, that kind of thing and get them all prepped up and ready. But if you're getting ready to announce that product on a larger scale and you want to get some media coverage for it. You really have to start working months ahead in order to get that. And the reason why is because there are different media outlets that work on different timelines and what we call long lead times. So, for example, like a print magazine, a lot of people don't realize this, but a print magazine is not made, you know, the month before it comes out. <laughs> it's it's a pretty in-depth process and they plan the editorial rundown for what's going to be included in that magazine at least three to six months ahead of time. Say you're wanting to launch a skincare product and you want to get it listed potentially in some holiday gift guides and stuff. Well, you don't want to be going to magazines in November and saying, hey, uh, we're getting ready to release this, you know, lotion this month and we would love to be listed in your December issue holiday gift guide. Um, They're going to laugh at you. It can be really discouraging to say, oh no, we already you know, booked everything out and all of that stuff's taken care of. And so you'll have to hit us up next year. And so the idea of like waiting another 12 months to get media coverage for your product in a magazine or in a place that means so much to you or means so much to your audience, because that's where they are. That can be really heartbreaking. Yeah. Or at least they'll have to wait till Mother's Day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think in advance enough. Like we're in the same situation because Jason has a horror movie podcast and it's October and we're like, oh crap, (laughs) (laughs) we should have planned some things for October. No, I'm just kidding. They they plan great content for October, but we didn't plan anything um, to take advantage of the time. Like they've got all this great content planned for the season, but we didn't think of it from a marketing perspective in enough time.
0: Yeah, and I think it's really hard too when you run a small business because everything you do for the most part is kind of reactive on a day-to-day basis. And so you're just trying to put out fires and keep your business going every day. And you're not thinking about Christmas promotions and Christmas media coverage in July. Like, why would you? The yeah. PR timelines often don't feel natural it to us, like in, in where they should be seasonally. But and so my general rule of thumb is that you should always be thinking one quarter ahead for your public relations efforts. So if you are in quarter one, which is like January, February, March, you should be thinking about how you want to secure media coverage for April, May, and June. Okay. So, Yeah. So I think like that's a good rule of thumb. And of course, for anything that's hyper-competitive for media coverage. So for example, like holiday gift guides, like if you, if you had a new beauty product and you wanted to hopefully get that listed as a, as a holiday gift guide in, in Style magazine or in Marie Claire online or something like that, you have to be thinking about those and getting at least some kind of beta test product in front of that reviewer or in front of that editor months ahead. So just FYI. Okay. So it's really exciting to work on public relations, but it can be, I always tell people that if you can do a little bit of effort every day in the months leading up to your launch, even just reaching out to one journalist every day or pitching one you know, one media outlet or at least growing those relationships. Um, even just one a day will start to pay off um, year round for you. And that's really important. Awesome. Yeah. For those of you who are listening, if you want to pull out a calendar, <laughs> if you want to pull it out on your phone, if you want to pull it up on your computer, if you want to pull out a daily planner from your backpack, whatever is at hand. I want you to think about, you know, what are three to four major announcements or major milestones that you want to meet this year that are also potentially media coverage worthy? And I want you to write this down. And I want you to think about when those milestones would ideally be reached and made public And then I want you to count backwards by like four months. (laughs) Mm, Okay. And I want you to then put in your calendar at that four months back mark, um, a little task to start planning your public relations strategy for when you meet that milestone.
1: Okay. So that means Valentine's Day. If Valentine's Day is on your horizon, that needs to be something you take care of this week.
0: Yep. Because I know a lot of people right now, it's October. So either you're dealing with some, I mean, you can be in the middle of marketing your fall promotions and um, still, and be refining your holiday strategy that's coming up starting next month. And, but, and then you can still be planning um, your PR coverage for quarter one of 2019. So you can be thinking about, is there anything exciting that we're launching that we want to announce between January and March of 2019? that we need to start building those media relationships right now to just kind of get a leg up and to, you know, start reaching out, saying hi, or at least figuring out who it is that we need to pitch media coverage to. Because oftentimes a huge chunk of time that PR agencies spend on, and I don't think a lot of people realize this, is that it's not just the established media relationships they already have. It's also... PR strategists, such as the PR strategists in our agency, spend hours upon hours just keeping up with which journalists are at which magazines and who is the current editor and what are they looking for and what did they cover recently and is that so that we're not like pitching them something that they already covered last week like we were off of our game because that makes us look stupid, you know. And it doesn't make us look like we care enough about their work and what they're doing. So there's so much that just goes into the research and keeping on top of those media relationships that we establish. And it sounds like it's a lot of work for a small business owner. And that's why I say, take it one bit at a time. And one of the best things that you can do, even starting right now year round, is to simply reach out to your local media outlets, video, radio stations, local journalists, local bloggers and Instagram influencers and just say hi and just like let them know who you are, let them know what kind of authority you have to speak on which topics and just let them know that you're available at any time to tap as a source and give them your contact information. And then that way, the next time you follow up with them, if you need some local media coverage, they'll have already heard from you. They'll already know that you care about them and you're willing to help them out, but it's okay for you to pitch them without them needing something from you first. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So timelines for launches, if you are planning an event around your launch, you definitely want to start planning the logistics of that event and trying to get coverage for that event at least three months ahead. Say, for example, you're getting ready to release your new skincare product line and you're having a little open house skincare launch party for it at some kind of store or at some kind of local spa. And you want to get some media coverage and drive some people into the spa and so that they can um, buy the product right then and there and try it out. It's going to be a fun time. There's going to be refreshments. There might be some door giveaways, that kind of thing. And you want to get some media coverage for it. Make sure that people know about it. Well, aside from, you know, running ads in local papers or listing it on local calendars or anything like that, you want to start thinking about, okay, who are the local beauty and style Instagram influencers that I should reach out to see if they want a sample of the product or if they are willing to just maybe mention that the event's happening. Maybe they want to mention in their Instagram stories for us. Think about your local bloggers. Who can you reach out to, to provide a, you know, just a Q and A or, you know, why this product is different kind of exclusive blog post to them. You want to start reaching out to local journalists at your newspapers and look for the lifestyle sections or community sections. Reach out to those particular editors or journalists. See if they're interested in um, posting it or whoever handles the community calendar in your local newspapers. And then look at which local magazines. Magazines are the ones that you're going to want a long lead time on because they work at least four to six months ahead typically on their editorial schedule. So you want to think about which ones might be interested in some short-term coverage that they can post online for you if it's not going to appear in print or if they're interested in doing like a feature on your company or if ask them if they're interested in doing like a roundup of local skincare providers and you you could be included. Oftentimes, again, this goes back to, you know, public relations is you don't want it to feel promotional. You want it to feel helpful um, with the second goal of it promoting your product or service. Right. And then, of course, you've got television, which, um, you know, there might be a morning news show or something where you could do a demonstration of like a facial and how this new skincare product works with it um, or or something that's like seasonally related to it. And then, of course, they'll ask you if there's anything else that you want to tell them. And you can just mention, oh, we're going to be having a launch party for this new product on this particular date at the spa. And we welcome everybody to stop in and try it kind of thing. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. So, and in this case, like, I don't think like, you know, radio or podcasts or something are a really good fit for the audience and for the brand. You want you really want to look for those visual media coverage outlets because that's where, for that particular product, a story is going to have the most impact for the audience that you want to reach.
1: Oh, yeah, that makes sense. You'd want to pick the right place.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, you don't need to be on your local NPR station for a local skincare product launch. Like, you want to go more kind of underground and look for those local influencers. Look for those Instagram or beauty bloggers that have the following that's actually going to be interested in what it is that you're doing. I think one of the things that people don't fit into their public relations timelines is the sheer amount of time it takes to follow up with people. So this is probably the one thing I'm going to say about myself, um, that, (laughs) that I'm just going to like brag for a moment. Um, I'm really proud of the fact that I return all my emails and phone calls and stuff to people within uh, two business days. And that goes with everybody, like everybody. I've never understood why it takes somebody four weeks to get back (laughs) on like responding to an email or even like a week to get back responding to an email if they're not traveling or in a hospital or something. (laughs) (laughs) And so I've had to learn the art of patience In agency life because one thing that we've learned, and of course, one thing that PR strategists and PR agencies already know is that editors and journalists and bloggers and influencers are extremely busy people. And some of them are also, no offense, I'm sorry, but some of them are also just flaky, or some of them just get a ton of requests in their inbox and in your request or your introduction gets buried within an hour. And they have thousands of emails to go through. And so one thing you need to make sure you have in your timeline is, is enough time to follow up um, at least two to three times with each person you reach out to. And it's not something like you want to reach out to them every single day, (laughs) like, like you reach out to them and then 24 hours, you knock on their door. And then 24 hours later after that, you call them like, don't, don't do that. But, you know, make sure you kind of space it out by several days and be prepared to follow up and follow up in the same email thread. We don't recommend that you call editors directly um, unless they specifically say that they prefer a phone call. And oftentimes they're the ones who will call you. So always include your phone number because often they're the ones who will have time for a quick phone call versus writing a lengthy email to you, especially TV producers. But you shouldn't necessarily be the one to call them first
1: yeah that's true. You do respond to emails freakishly fast. I know i it's, it's it's awesome I'm trying to get better at it, but yeah I like yeah. it I like it 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 shows that you are on top of things and organized
0: and that you love what you do. Well, I know how to triage my inbox really well, and I think that that's the thing is that seeing tons of unread emails in my inbox kind of gives me hives and anxiety so I kind of go through and I mark what's important and what can wait a day or two. And then and other things that might require lengthy responses. And I just send them a quick response back saying, Hey, I got your email. I'll reply in depth um, this week. And so they know that they're going to get a response within the week, but it's not going to be like now. Mm. So And they don't have to wonder if you got it. That's amazing. Email. Etiquette. Yeah. You just have to set up that expectation. And I think in the world that we live in now, there are so many people who are just using email and text and calls and stuff to just, I don't know. I think that we, we're definitely seeing a shift in our world where people are expecting really fast responses, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to respond in full. You can just confirm that you got something and then follow up later. There are great tools to be able to follow up with any, you know, especially with email. Um, they send you gentle reminders and one of them is boomerang which i personally love and that's another thing too is that if you are pitching a lot via email and you are afraid that you might forget to follow up with someone you can set up a tool like boomerang for gmail and it will remind you like within three days to say hey you never got an answer on this email would you like to automatically follow up with them and you can it will just it's a smart gmail feature app oh yeah that is
1: cool Because what I do when I I get an email that I am too afraid to answer is I just ignore it. (laughs) Is that wrong? (laughs) Natalie runs away. I do. I'm like, I better go eat something. I don't know what to say back to that. (laughs) Mm, What's in the fridge right now?
0: Let's go see what's on Netflix. Instead of just replying, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't blame you. It's, It's not fun to get scary emails or emails that just demand a lot on your time. It's like too much. I think that, you know, so number one, just remember, start working at least three to four months ahead. And this goes for products, services, book launches. The earlier you plan, the better. So, uh, you know, Jason and I did a great podcast um, back in the day. It feels like it was so long ago because we're approaching our 100th episode. Uh, But we did one that was called the six month look back. And it was about how to look back over the past six months and then start planning for the next six months. Mm. And so we're going to put a link to that in the show notes. We'll put a link to boomerang in the show notes. We'll put a link to uh, how to write press releases in the show notes. So we're going to give you lots of goodies there. So if you go to brightplanning.com forward slash podcast, you will see that episode and you'll be able to access the show notes in there and all those links. And it will be really helpful for you and your life will be a lot better and easier and you'll sleep better at night and your children will grow up happy and you'll lose 10 pounds and, and it's going to be amazing. Oh, good, because I needed something that would
1: solve all those problems for me right now.
0: I should put a disclaimer at the bottom of this podcast. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. There was that one time when we had to put a legal disclaimer in our podcast, right, Natalie? Because we're like, we can't give out business law advice, but what we're was... going to. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it Don't... was the music
1: episode, right? Oh, On how to use right. music?
0: Yes, it was. It was a good episode. I yeah. like that episode a lot. So many episodes to be fond of. But anyway, oh, oh back to public relations. <laughs> so... All right, listeners. I think that that's going to do it today. We're going to keep it pretty quick and easy. Uh, so, you know, just the most important thing is to plan ahead, be prepared to follow up, put a task on your calendar right now for anything that's coming up in quarter one that you want to start promoting or getting media coverage for. And if you need any more help or if you have specific questions about PR, you can always send your questions into uh, into me to send them to me at info at brightplanning.com and just put the words question for podcast in subject line to make sure I get it.
1: Yeah, and she'll respond very
0: fast. Yeah, I'll, I'll respond within two business days.
1: Yeah, listeners really should do that. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know if you have any ideas or questions. And also, if you wouldn't mind running over to Apple Podcasts and leaving us a rating and review... That would be amazing because
0: then more people can find us. Oh, yeah. I like like that suggestion, Natalie. I appreciate that one. Run right over there. Run over to iTunes. Sprint, actually, if you can. That would be fantastic. Exactly. (laughs) All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today to episode 97. We are going to be back next week with episode 98. And we're going to be talking about how to write product descriptions that sell. Sell themselves. Mm, I Mm. like it. Yeah, because we want to help you make some money. In the meantime, have a great week. Market better, be better. And we'll talk to you next week on episode 98.